0: this is growing the valley a podcast by the university of california agriculture and natural resources i'm one of your hosts luke milliron farm advisor for butte tehama and glenn counties
1: i'm your other host phoebe gordon orchard farm advisor from adair and Merced counties Today's podcast, uh, Luke and I are sitting down with Astrid Volder, who is a uh, faculty member at UC Davis in the plant sciences department. That's right. Okay, great. So uh, this is Phoebe Gordon.
0: Luke Milliron. Okay.
1: Well, thanks for sitting down with us today, Astrid, and we're going to be talking about roots today. So Luke, did you want to start out with the first question?
0: Well, I'll just have uh, Astrid introduce herself and a little bit of, of her background.
2: Uh, well, I'm an uh, associate professor in the Department of Plant Sciences here at Davis. Before that, I was uh, uh, at Texas A&M, a and faculty member at Texas A&M University for six years, and uh, most of my research throughout my whole period has been focused on how plants respond to stress, and gradually I have become more and more interested in in how roots respond to stress, really, because. That seems to be the most neglected part of the plant, and yet the part of the plant that suffers the most when there are stressful conditions.
1: Okay, great. So I guess that'll segue us into our interview, which is about roots. So um, can you just describe a little bit about the process about how roots grow, explore the soil, and then start to actually, I guess we call it suberization, where they they and uh, lignification, um, so where they they become woody.
2: Yeah, so, when, uh, so we, we talk about roots in terms of uh, population dynamics. So they generally, we, we say, they get born. There's uh, a, lay, a cell layer on the inside of the root that basically determines uh, whether a lateral root gets born or not. And roots uh, push through the soil from the root tip. So they're getting pushed through the soil as cells behind the tip actually elongate. So you can almost think of it as, as, as a battering ram with the root pushing through the soil. So you need to have a soil that is uh, not too hard for that root tip to actually keep moving through the soil. And depending on the species and depending on the uh, age of the root, generally after about two weeks or so, uh, so the root tip has passed through the soil but that tissue is sitting there, the root, main root starts superizing, So it gets old enough that it starts making an outside layer that is protecting it from um, from drought or, or uh, any kind of insects or any kind of soil pests.
1: Can you quickly tell us what the superizing process is? What is it that protects them? Yeah, so the superization process is when, when you're
2: adding a, like a waxy layer almost uh, between the cells that are on the outside of the root. And as you can imagine at that point though, the root becomes uh, not very good anymore at water and nutrient uptake. So once the root starts browning, its functionality declines rapidly. But it's still a pipe that moves water towards the main tree.
1: And so it's that zone then between the root tip and when sumerization starts that's really responsible for a lot of the activity in the root system, correct? It is.
2: And, and so if you, if you think about it, uh, that tip uh, turns brown within about two weeks of the roots being born. So you really want a lot of those new fresh white roots during the periods where you have high water and nutrient uptake needs.
0: And because of that rapid turnover, essentially you kind of need continuous root growth to, you know, to have survival and a, and a healthy plant. You need this constant, this constant turnover?
2: Yeah, so you need this constant turnover and renewal. But we also know for, for many trees uh, that that period actually more or less genetically is determined. So it tends to end somewhere late June, and it may or may not restart sometime in the fall. So you really want your, uh, particularly your nutrients, to be applied prior to the end of June.
1: Mm-hmm. Where are the majority of roots located in most tree crops? So most of those fine
2: roots that are doing most of the uh, nutrient uptake are generally located in the top two feet of the soil. But then there's also uh, a few of the more coarser roots, deeper roots that go anywhere between two feet to, I don't know, 10, 15. we don't really know, 10, 15 feet at least. Uh, that can still contribute significantly to water uptake when the top soil dries.
0: So when we think about fertilizer use and how that's coupled with irrigation, we're focusing on those top couple feet. But water uptake, particularly on maybe deep soils in the Sacramento Valley, you could have contribution in terms of, uh, you know, the water status of the the tree from a from a really deep depth.
2: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so the nutrient uptake tends to happen uh, in in that top layer, so this is why you see most fine root density overall in the top.
1: Um, I guess I'll do a quick plug then for uh, pressure bombing. Um, That's why pressure bombing is so important, because it actually measures what the tree is experiencing rather than trying to put something in the soil that's kind of approximating where we think the roots are but may not actually be depending on the soil type.
0: And thinking about that top layer and the fine roots and, um, and the, the, their growth relatively early in the season, how much damage can we do by conditions maybe staying saturated for a long time early on in the season with, with a lot of those fine roots towards the top?
2: Yeah, so that could be potentially very detrimental. So during the periods of highest root production, uh, those roots need a lot of oxygen because growing uh, new tissue requires a lot of oxygen. And so when you have stagnant water conditions there, there is not enough oxygen to support new root growth. And if that is during a period that the plant has high nutrient demand and the roots cannot function, you can do a tremendous amount of damage.
1: Those roots need oxygen because they respire just like us, right? Because we can't—they don't photosynthesize and they can't move what you get from photosynthesis, other than sugars, down to the roots.
2: And most of that uh, respiratory energy is used for nutrient uptake, so it's one of the first things that that shuts down is new root growth and then nutrient uptake. So often, combined with prolonged stagnant water conditions, you will see n- nutrient deficiency symptoms, but not because the tree is actually not. The tree truly is nutrient deficient, but fertilizing won't help.
0: Indeed, and I feel like that just segues into there being some conditions, certainly, that are direct impact and, and the cause of, of having an unhealthy top of the tree is really just, you know, uh, a disease or something else uh, going on uh, that is, is truly foliar. But so often when you see a sick tree above ground, it's because the the real cause is unhealthy roots.
2: That's right, yeah, in many, many cases. So when your root cannot take up nutrients for some reason, and if that's, for example, over-irrigation, then you will see nutrient symptoms on top. You can add more nitrogen, that might help a little bit because you're really increasing the concentration. But the real culprit is you should to reduce irrigation and allow those roots to actually grow in the soil.
1: So I've gone on a farm call before where, you know, water main burst and so someone's orchard was flooded for about a week, and in that entire area, all those trees died. So how long does it take for roots to die in completely saturated conditions with stagnant water? Well, that,
2: that is very species-specific. So the first thing that would go is that you don't get new roots to grow, but then Dying is a different process, so that may take a little bit longer. Some species can tolerate flooded conditions better than others. The one that I have most experience with is walnut. Uh, clearly root growth was severely impaired by anoxic conditions, and we did see a fair bit of root death as well.
0: Recently, you were part of a, a research team with Janine Hazy and, and others that were looking at these flooded conditions. Uh, in, in Walnut Orchard, just, again, you, t- you talked about water being stagnant, but there were orchards where water was continuously moving through and the trees looked fine. You know, it, that, the movement of water mattered a lot.
2: It did because uh, the moving water actually picks up oxygen as it's moving, so it is actually maintaining a much better oxygen supply to the root system than if you have stagnant water sitting there.
1: How do trees respond to the pattern of applied water?
2: Yeah, so that's an interesting question. Um, and I think we would like to do some more research in it, uh, but uh, our observation has been very striking that if you have just emitters, that's where you usually see most fine roots uh, aggregating, in a relatively small zone. And so those plants, uh, those trees that, when you're using those, uh, uh, the emitter type irrigation, the drip irrigation, you actually are wetting a much smaller area, and you don't get nearly as much out of your root system as you could if you were using sprinklers and you're wetting a lot, much larger area. We see a much more even root distribution when you have a sprinkler type irrigation.
1: We will do an interview with Bruce Lampinen about whether or not pruning is actually beneficial in a lot of tree crops. But, there, I mean, there are some reasons why you might want to top, like if you're in a really, really windy area and you have a variety that's a lot taller than the others and you're afraid about losing it. But there are some people out there who think that you need to keep the roots and the shoots in a tree in balance, and one way to do that is by topping. Is this true?
2: Yeah, that's the interesting question. Uh, it, is, it is in some textbooks, but we, we basically know that that is not true. I mean, the typical response for a tree when you top it Uh, is to regrow the shoot first and then start growing the roots. So what you're doing when you're topping the tree is you're temporarily stopping root growth and the tree will regrow a shoot and then start growing roots so you're not really rebalancing anything.
0: Astrid, thank you so much. Thank you. for listening to growing the valley a A ucanr podcast you can find out more about this episode at our website growingthevalleypodcast.com
1: we would like to thank the almond board of california and the california pistachio research board for providing funding we would also like to thank my sister muriel gordon for writing and recording our theme music